G'day everyone and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn your passion into a profession. Now, when you talk about passion, when people talk about it specifically, when I've coached people or mentored people, they usually look outside themselves to find, well, what is it outside of me that I can pinpoint and say, that's what I want to do. But what happens when the challenge or the struggle is within you? And my guest today is exactly, that's the, the process of how she found her own passion through a struggle and a challenge that she was facing herself. And that challenge was the ability to conceive. And so she went about researching, finding what was the best way to conceive, the process of it, making it easier for herself. And she became passionate about the whole process, so much so that she created a, a company called Zycea, which means life, a prenatal supplement that allows women to, before the conception, obviously, to allow me, women to conceive a lot better. And she created Conceive Baby, an information hub. Now, the point of this is, guys, is the struggle that you're facing, the challenges that you have, that could be a great given, God-given turning point as to what your passion would be. And I'm so excited to introduce to you Tasha Jennings is going to share how she created her passion into a profession. Tasha, welcome to Unbox Your Gift. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Well, now I have so many questions for you. I said to you before we started the interview that I'm really excited to interview you because it's a juicy topic. Conceiving, yeah. the inability to conceive, and then how you've taken that. Because you have, you are a naturopath, you are a nutritionist, you have been doing that for 17 years. Yes. So yep. when you created the supplement Zycea, yep. were you already, and you, so how many, how, how many years were you practicing being a nutritionist, naturopath before you created Zycea, the supplement? Yeah, well, I've been a naturopath nutritionist, oh, well, probably, probably coming out to about 20 years now in total, but about 15 years I've been practicing as a naturopath in various capacities. Um, I'd worked in private practice, so I would work for a pharmacy chain, I'd developed a home brand vitamin range, and it was really when I was trying to conceive that I, I developed this passion for fertility. Uh, it was because I was a, just got married, I was a healthy 30-year-old, I just thought, look, let's have a baby. And it was such a surprise to me that we had any difficulty. I think, you know, you're told your whole life how easy it is to fall pregnant, how careful you must be, which is obviously a very valid message. But on the flip side, uh, you know, it, it, it does give you that, you know, complacency that it will be easy. And so, unfortunately, I, you know, I was a naturopath nutritionist, um, so I really dived into that and my, my husband was a cardiologist so we had the medical contacts and I just sort of went researching what I could do for myself I mean obviously drawing on my existing knowledge but I went beyond that I was on PubMed and I contact professors from Italy to New York who I'm still now in touch with wow. and you know why did you use that certain nutrient in your study why did you use that form of that nutrient why did you use that dose I just wanted to know everything I could about what I could do and that's, I guess, how Zycea was born. Okay. Yeah. So you use Zycea to, to fall pregnant? Yes, I, use, I still take it now, actually. I have now have my two kids, but I, I just love the supplement. Obviously, I know what's in it. Um, I'm very comfortable with it, so I still take it as a, a great multivitamin. But I did take that, um, yeah, to conceive my two children. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I became more passionate about also other aspects of fertility and helping other women as much as I could because I felt so fortunate mm. to have that information, to be able to contact these people and have this knowledge 
that I thought there must be so many other people who are in my situation who aren't able to, to do what I was able to do and get themselves to a place where they were able to conceive. So, uh, yeah, that's how Conceive Baby came about. I wanted to reach more people. So beautiful. Now, I, I, what, what's, what's interesting to me is that you, you created the supplement because you had the difficulty. Did you find as a naturopath, people were coming to you with the same problems? I mean, you probably weren't treating it, but did they ever discuss it so that you knew that it was a bigger problem than just because, I don't know, how did you realise it was a bigger problem? Did you research that at all? As soon as I began discussing it more openly, people came out of the woodwork. The amount of, you know, reasonably close friends that I realised, you know, oh, yes, I've had three miscarriages or, or this happened or it's something we don't talk about. And that's another thing that I realised, that women are harbouring this pain and this struggle because they feel like a failure. And I certainly did. I thought, you know, this is something I'm biologically programmed to do. Well, what am I if I, if I can't reproduce? Isn't that what I'm on this earth to do? I mean, I'm obviously this is where my crazy head was going. Um, but other people must feel the same thing. And obviously that's an extreme, you know, thought process that's not true. We have a lot more validity in this world than just conceiving. But when you are in that and, and it does, you know, take over your life, it, it is, you do feel like a failure. I certainly did. And I just wanted to reach out to more people who may be feeling the same way and, and give them something to hold on to. I mean, a lot of people are seeing IVF specialists and I now work with a lot of IVF clinics and do a lot of IVF training for nurses and things like that. But they hand over their whole, I guess, you know, um, wanting to have a baby to this specialist. I wanted to give them something to empower them, yeah. to make them feel like they can do something to help on this journey. Yeah, I love that. So you're having, how long did it take you to, to conceive? Look, it was 18 months. And that's why I, I always don't like to harbour on my journey because it's so short compared to so many women that I speak with who've been struggling for much longer. But, but those 18 months, I didn't know, you know, that 18 months, you know, in 18 months time, I'll, I'll you know, be, be pregnant. You know, when I was going through that, we were sort of facing the option that will we ever be able to conceive? And, you know, we looked at the, spoke to my husband and if, we, if this never happens, what are we going to do? And my husband was all very lovely and, you know, supporting me and said, we'll be fine without it. You know, uh, we were, you know, still strong together. But I guess the future that he was trying to paint was so far from the future <laughs> that I had envisaged from the time I was a little girl that I just, I really struggled to, to look beyond that. Yeah. And so I guess I, I developed such an empathy Wow. for people going through this and who would be going through far more than, than what I went through. So mm. I really wanted to, and that's where Conceive Baby came about as the information hub to give people access to this qualified professional information that I was fortunate enough to have because the internet, I mean, in relation to a lot of topics, but fertility is a, you know, enticingly evil place, really. There's a lot of information, but, but a lot of it is, is not by healthcare professionals. It's not professional information. So I really wanted to create a hub where, you know, I'm speaking with leading experts all over the world through my podcast, my webinars and articles. So I know it's credible information that people can access to support them on their journey instead of, you know, jumping on Google and finding blogs and, and being disheartened by some of the um, information they're finding. Absolutely. And I, I, a, big, a bigger deal of that is that a woman who chooses not to have a baby is very different to a woman who isn't making that choice. You know, there's, a, there's that. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it- I highlight, you know, people who choose not to have children, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful choice they're making because I don't think you should ever bring a child into the world if they're not really wanted. Mm. And I do think there are some people who, you know, you feel like you have to have a baby, so I'll do that as the next step. But, um, you know, I highly value people who choose not to. But if that choice is taken away from you, that is life changing and that's such a difficult decision not to have. So I really feel passionate about giving people back that decision. If they choose not to have children, then I, you know, I highly respect those people. But if that choice is taken away, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. So if I were to take you back and and I I, I get that because I know I've met women who have been in that position and it's, they, one of the women actually said to me, I don't want to have children. But when she was told she couldn't, it was a different and I was like, well, you never wanted them anyway. She goes, no, but I, I had a choice. Choice, yes. Now I, so I, I, I completely understand that. When you were having trouble to con- conceiving and then you, you, know, you reached out to researchers and people who could actually help you to understand the nutrients and what you should be doing with yourself, how did this process of starting the, the supplements start? I mean, how did you find that you could put together a little tablet, a capsule, you know, how did you create that? What was the process of doing that? Well, I guess in my previous role, I worked for a big pharmacy chain and I wrote and developed their weight loss program as well as their home brand vitamin range. So I guess it was in my background. I had been working uh, with supplements and I knew what went into them and, and I guess knew that process quite well. So when I was trying to fall pregnant, I guess, and, and finding what was out there and I found I was combining different things that was, I guess, my natural next step was that this is what I've been doing for, for this big company. I now want to do it for myself. And that's, yeah, how, how that eventuated. So I was lucky enough to have a background in that area mm-hmm. and then, yeah, put everything I, I could into, into creating Zyce, which, as I said, it means life. And I, we were talking about this beforehand and I love life. I love creating life. I love how life is created. I think, you know, life is fascinating. It, it's short. I just want to, you know, live it to its full extent. And I, I love the word, but I didn't want to call my company life. So I, I popped it into the, the Google Translate and found out other languages for it and, and um, decided that Zycea had a great ring to it, but also meant a lot of things. It meant the creation of life, the you know living of life, vitality. So, wow. yeah, that's how that came about for me. So how long has Zycea been around for? That's, I've had that for four years and conceivebaby.com.au has only been around for just over 12 months now. Wow. Yeah, three months. Okay. Yeah, well that, that really came about because I used to write um, for the New Idea, Herald Sun, um, just a few columns, and a publisher approached me um, to write a book and from one of my columns that ended up being the Vitamins Guide and the Fertility Diet. And I've had a passion for writing for quite a long time. Um, I used to write novels when I was eight years old. And I found that with having a prenatal supplement, I guess was restrictive in what I could write about it. It's a TGA listed product, so I had to you know, be careful of what I could say so I thought well why don't I start a blog and I'll, I'll create some information that I can tell people about also with all oh I'm in touch with all these amazing people all over the world why don't I you know I could ask them to write for it as well and then it expanded and then I thought well why don't we do some some webinars with with these people and then, and then the podcast and it's, it's sort of evolved and grown organically uh, I guess you know when you have a passion for something that that's kind of what happens yes. and that has almost taken taken over, becoming the predominant um, business for me, um, alongside 
the, these ICA company, it, it can see babies taking a life of its own. I now, you know, working at some programs, I'm looking at a program called Your Fertile Pantry, which I'm in the process of writing and some e-courses. And, and that has become, I guess, my predominant wow. business. So you've got, are you still a natural? Do you still see clients one-on-one? I still do. I still have my TashaJennings.com site and I work with them through my Fertility For You program, which I love to do. Um, and I work with them over the three-month life cycle of the egg because that's how long it takes and that's what I'm really passionate about educating people on is that... Can you tell what, us more about that? What, what do you mean by life, three-month life? What, what? what does that mean? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people aren't aware that what you do in the three months leading up to falling pregnant, so leading up to conception, but before you've even conceived, what you do in that time period can have a, a greater impact on not only your ability to conceive, but on the future health of your long, you know, future long-term health of your baby, because you have the chance to, I guess, improve the quality of the DNA you are passing on to your child. Once you have conceived, that DNA is set in stone. You can, you know, absorb, you know, enhance it as much as you can, but that is set. So I really love working with people, either naturally or alongside IVF in that journey, to get them to help them create that healthiest egg possible um, on that three-month life cycle. So basically what you're eating now, what you're doing now, oh, you are already carrying you know all that precious dna that has the potential to become your future child so i will, i love educating people around a, empowering them i think going through ivf can be very disempowering you are handing over everything to someone else and all your hope and all your dreams are invested in someone else. So I love working, love educating IVF nurses because they're able to impart this information, I guess, on a broader scale. But when I work one-on-one with patients, I, I see them over Zoom like we are now and see them weekly. And it really empowers them to know that they are doing, they are nourishing their baby now. You know, you're all that nourishing and nurturing, that's starting now. You already got that lovely egg that you are developing and creating and it obviously gives them the best chance of success and that is that's why I do that I love getting the ultrasound pictures and and you know helping people fall pregnant is just an amazing feeling so how does Zycia help in this process what is Zycia doing that's a prenatal supplement and the the main thing that I was passionate about is educating people around the different forms of nutrients and that's where my first book the vitamins guide really talks about because you know you've got iron but you know there's about five different forms of iron there's about five different forms of calcium and there's some really cheap raw forms of these nutrients which aren't particularly well absorbed and there's some much better forms of nutrients so it's all well and good having a nutrient in the tablet but if that nutrient is not being absorbed into your bloodstream, then it's not being effective. So I really wanted to educate people on not just looking at the front of the packet of their, their vitamin bottle, but look at the back. What forms of the nutrients that are in there? Because it might have everything in it that you need, but if you're not metabolizing that nutrient, then it's not being effective. And that's particularly to do with, with folate is something I became particularly passionate about educating people on. Because folate is in our food. I mean, I'm big on dietary sources. We should always be trying to get as much as we can from our dietary sources. Um, but I guess in the preconception period, it's so important that I see a prenatal supplement as like an insurance policy just to you know, account for daily fluctuations. But folate is a, it's a very unstable nutrient. So basically, if you heat it, if you process it, you lose it. And in today's processed food society, I think companies are aware that we are lacking in natural folate. So what the companies are now doing is pushing back folic acid. 
But uh, folic acid is not the same as folate. So what does folate do? Well, folate is really critical to developing DNA. Basically, you cannot sustain a pregnancy without sufficient folate because you can't manufacture DNA, you can't grow a new life. So it is, it is super critical to have sufficient folate if you're wanting to fall pregnant. But there's a common polymorphism um, of the MTHFR gene, which about 50% of people struggle with. And that means they're going to struggle to convert synthetic folic acid, which is the most common prenatal supplement, into natural folate and if they have that issue and they're not getting enough folate from their food which is difficult to do these days because a lot of our food is processed or packed and thawed and shipped and frozen you know we don't know what's in season anymore because it you know it's transported so our folate is lacking and if we're not getting enough so i wanted to educate people on the the different forms of folate that are available folic acid isn't your only option Folic acid is the cheapest synthetic uh, form that's available. It does work well for many people. But if you are in that category, and I happen to be in that category as well, you're better off to take um, folic acid in the form of folinic acid or calcium folinate. So glycea is what, there's the prenatal supplement that includes all these vitamins that you're saying like folate that will yeah. allow you to up-level or level your nutrition for the new yes. form or to be considered. So, Absolutely. So just make sure that you have everything in there. So folate, choline's another nutrient which I'm particularly passionate about educating people on because most people have never heard of choline, yet it's critical alongside folate for healthy neural tube development, which develops and closes within the four week, first four or five weeks of pregnancy, which is before some women even know they're pregnant. So it's really important to really maximise your folate and your choline, your vitamin D, your vitamin B12 as well, a lot of people forget about. And choline particularly is really important for brain development. So they're finding enhancements in learning and memory. Um, so basically helping to build a better brain because it's a component of acetylcholine, which right. is the neurotransmitter in the brain, which helps our cells talk to each other, basically, which is super important that, you know, our cells talk to each other in the brain. So providing plenty of choline during that preconception and pregnancy period is super important. So are there tests to prove that these do actually enhance or supplement the conception of the baby? Yeah, so that's what on my um, website, there's a lot of these studies because I'm, I'm a big PubMed fan. I love getting on and finding out the studies and hence why I even went further than that. And, and like, okay, why are you using this? Why are you doing that? So I was contacting the researchers. So there's a lot of research available. Um, choline hasn't, I guess, gained as much notoriety as, as, as nutrients like folate. And that's largely because we didn't actually realise until 1998, I believe, it wasn't classified as an essential nutrient. Whereas all the other nutrients were back in the 1940s, we realised they were, you know, an essential nutrient. But choline, our body is actually able to manufacture a small amount of choline. So, you know, I guess people thought, well, we don't need to get it through our diet. Our body produces it. The only issue with that is that, you know, it produces enough to keep us alive. Mm-hmm. But is it really producing enough to help a baby and a new life develop and thrive? Because that needs a lot more nutrition than just keeping us alive. And also, its colon is produced through the microbiome in the gut. Um, so you really need healthy gut bacteria to create healthy amounts of choline. And so, unfortunately... So- let me just stop you there for a sec, Tasha, because yeah. it's getting really complicated for me because I'm <laughs> keep up with all the terms here. But let me yeah. ask you, when my mum uh, had 
me when she had babies with my aunties when you know previous they never had these supplements why is it yeah. that and we kind of turn okay i believe okay not first but yeah. okay <laughs> now I and mean, yes in our foods like you mentioned before they're frozen they're packed they're shipped we don't know what's in it but like i've grown my we grew up in afghanistan and there wasn't a lot of quote unquote nutrients and wonderful abundance of food anyway but we kind of did have so why is it that we that need now it is basically because of all the processing that you're talking about and i mean although you may have grown up where there wasn't you know the abundance of all this healthy food there's a little processing we knew where our food came from generally and that's the biggest thing i tell patients is to, to know where your food originated because that's where nutrients like folate were deplete uh, vitamin D, you know, the slip, slop, slap message is super important, obviously, but we're not getting the vitamin D we used to from sunlight. We're not out in the sun enough. So there's a lot of basically the society we're creating is not conducive to to gaining all these nutrients, unfortunately, and also the toxins that we are now exposed to, the pesticides that are now on our foods and things like that that our body is dealing with and can upset our gut. Well, gut microbiome basically means a healthy gut and you need a healthy gut to absorb nutrients because that's where everything goes in. You need it to break down and process it. And so many people that I see uh, have bloating, you know, digestive issues. You're not going to be metabolizing your nutrients very well. That is the first point of call to be able to break down and metabolize those nutrients. So there's actually a lot of factors as to why we are unfortunately, um, needing more of this nutrition alongside, especially during these preconception periods, um, I, as I said. Yeah, why is it such a difficulty in getting pregnant then? What's going on? Yeah, there, there are researchers now. I, I saw one from America, you know, um, saying that we're, we're heading towards extinction and I, I, I don't think we're, we're heading that far yet. But the prevalence of infertility has increased dramatically since the introduction of a lot of these pesticides, which is back in the 1940s and 50s, oh. our incidence of infertility. And so that combined with the fact that, I mean, I don't know when your, your mum had kids, but I know my mum was 27 when she had me and that was over the hill. You know, she was really waiting a long time to have kids. And yet <laughs> you know, I was 31 and most of my mother's group were, you know, hitting their 40s, like 35, 36. And they, we are waiting longer. And unfortunately, there is no doubt about it, our fertility you know, no matter what we would like to think, you know, unfortunately 40 isn't the new 30 and 30 isn't the new 20 in relation to fertility. Biologically, we haven't changed, but socially we have. Ah, so, okay. yeah, okay. there is a higher prevalence now, unfortunately, both combined of those factors. Okay, okay. So because we're, women are waiting longer and because of the food that they're consuming, that yeah. adds the inability to conceive or the challenge of conceiving. Absolutely. And men are particularly influenced by a lot of these pesticides. And it depends on your metabolism as well, because I have friends, well, my friend, she's really overweight. She's junk food all the time and she has six kids. Absolutely. And we are all metabolically different. So unfortunately, we, we can't compare apples and apples because they obviously have a very robust detoxification system and metabolism and they can cope with that load. Whereas some people who are prone to allergies or walk outside and get hay fever, they're very susceptible. So those people are probably more likely to be susceptible to some of these influences from our environment. Mm. Gee, it's amazing. You know, it's just... Um, it's just like, ah, it's like the rabbit hole. There's more and more and more and more and more coming out of it. It's it certainly is. 
So and they continue to come out. It continues, yeah, it continues to come out. So what I find very interesting about your journey, Tasha, is that you started off as a naturopath, then you, yeah. you kind of evolved into this challenge of your own wanting, need to wanting to conceive. By the way, when you had your second child, was that easier to conceive? Than the first? No, unfortunately. Oh. No, I still had the same issue, which was super frustrating. I mean, I was able to get over because I knew, you know, what I did last time and everything. But um, no, it wasn't easier for me. I'm I'm not naturally a, a particularly fertile person. I now now realise. Obviously, <laughs> very healthy. Um, but yes, it was lack of ovulation, which was an issue for me, which I think was high stress, and you know, and that's what I. I wrote an article recently about type A personalities and, and their difficulty conceiving because they treat it like, okay, well, this is, you know, I'm on a mission. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to approach it. And fertility doesn't work like that. And that's how I, I guess I approached it as well. Right. What am I going to do? I'm going to do this, do that. And it's actually, we need to be in a really relaxed state for our body to go, you know, if we're in a stressed state, our body's not going to go, oh, we should bring another life into this. You know, you're struggling to cope with your own, but hey, let's throw another one in the mix there and you'll go really well. So biologically, we're not programmed to conceive when we're under stress because also, you know, I guess evolutionary wise, stress could mean we are under threat of our lives. So, you know, you're not going to want to conceive. So our body will naturally shut down some of those reproductive functions if you are under under stress and again everyone's different in the way they respond to stress but but that was i guess a big issue for me wow that's really interesting <laughs> type papers i'm going to do this because that's like now i'm going to do that yeah, i'm going to be on a mission and then what <laughs> absolutely you just fertility doesn't work like that on a mission unfortunately so would you recommend tasha for people who want to conceive for women who want to conceive that they should at least give in that three-month period of before conceiving that they should yeah. Focus on relaxing, massages, personal care. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Um, I'm big on mindset change. And I'm not saying you need to change your circumstances or become a person who, you know, just chills and walks on the beach. If you are a type A personality, you go, no, 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 I can't do that. (laughs) But it's changing your mindset. And even around stress, it's, you know, research is now showing don't get stressed about being stressed. Except. You go, okay, well, it's there. Mm. I don't need to, not, not, worrying about it isn't going to help that stress. I have mm. a lot on my plate, just approaching it with a different mindset. So I'm not, you know, don't need to, you know, live in a Zen tent or, you know, I'm not capable of doing that. I don't, I'm not going to tell anyone else to, to try and do that. It'd be lovely. And if you can do that, I'm sure it would very much help your fertility, but it's not a necessary step. You can actually just change your mindset around the stress. And just accepting it and seeing it in a different way, that can actually change it to a positive. And they've actually found that actually can change your hormonal reaction to the stress by changing mindset to it. So I work with a lot with women around that. So would you recommend for women to take time off work or depending on their schedule, that is, depending on what type of personality they are, uh, take reduction in the amount of work if they're an entrepreneur, for example? to lessen the amount of prior, like work and priorities that they take on? If that will work for them, yeah. it's whatever is going to reduce the stress. And for some people that might add more stress <laughs> because they're not doing enough and they're not achieving enough and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. But if they are finding, as I did, I stepped down from my role. I was travelling all over Australia doing big presentations um, and I just thought this is not conducive to me wanting to fall pregnant. And, and I was luckily I was approached by my publisher at the time and I thought, you know what, that's a, that's a good opportunity. I'm going to take the time off mm-hmm. and I'm going to write a book. 
and that's when I was able to conceive. Oh. And so I think that if that is going to work for you and you can find an avenue where you can, I mean, that was a great outlet for me because I was still achieving something. I was still doing something, but it was at home with my dog on my lap writing rather than getting on planes all over the place. So I, I think if you can do that, find a way that works for you to, to reduce the stress. And that's, that's different for everybody. Obviously I, I give people a lot of tools and resources um, to be able to educate them around what might be useful, but that's a personal decision. I think, you know, telling someone to go and meditate when, when they've, you know, <laughs> sit still for five minutes, they, that that's not going to work for them. Yeah. Yeah. To totally get that. Totally get that. Interesting. When I said to you, do you take time off? No, that might stress you. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much like, I'm that sort of person that there are a lot of, again, I've worked with a lot of type A personalities. It seems to be the ones that I guess are in their careers longer and they're, they're facing this issue and they're just running it right into it. And then they want my help. And so I'm used to dealing with people who are, if I said, quit your job and just laze around the house all day, they'd be like, Oh no, no, that, that, that's yeah. going to, and also they worry more about getting pregnant. So I don't like that to become the focus because then that creates more stress. So if they can find a positive outlet that's giving them a purpose and, and but it's not draining on them is the biggest oh, aspect. Okay. So here's like, I, mean, I have to come back to this because I keep going into the, the fertility aspect because it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so you start off as a naturopath and a nutritionist. You yeah. found yourself researching into how to conceive because that's what you wanted to do you're working for a pharmaceutical company you're writing for publications like new idea and the herald and yeah. you're traveling all around with because of your work then yeah. you want to fall pregnant you get approached by a publisher to write yeah. that's really because the people who are listening right now uh, who want to be able to write you were just putting yourself out there that's pretty much what you were doing Absolutely. And I just put myself out there with a lot of articles. I approach a lot of journalists and I think that's a great way if you are passionate about writing. Um, I mean, all of this was done for free, obviously, yeah. but if you have a passion, I didn't really care. I was just getting, and I'm passionate about educating people around fertility because I think it's the biggest thing. If we can educate people in their twenties about, um, about this issue, then I think that's going to make a huge difference. So I think that that was great for me. I did some guest blogging, um, websites, and did a lot of writing. And I guess then, you know, that I was approached by someone, yeah, who saw one of those articles. Wow. Okay. So you you become an author now, and I love that the fertility diet. I love the title of that because yeah. obviously telling people what to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's basically what it's doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that. So you did the fertility diet, and then you have the other book called um, The Vitamins Guide. Yeah, it was my first one. Yeah. So you've got these two books and then at what point did you go and actually create Zaika? Like is during all of this? During all of that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I was writing the vitamin diet. Oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. Hence why I, I'm scared to tell everyone to, to, to relax because that would stress me out. Um, oh. So yeah, I was doing that at the same time as, as writing the book. Um, but I guess I'd gone for a very intense full-time job. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was doing those two things. So in some ways it was a step back, I guess. Um, I was just doing a lot of writing and researching and developing. Um, but it was something I was passionate about. So I guess in some ways it lifted the stress okay. off the trap of, of, you know, having time commitments from someone else. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting because when you were working as a naturopath and a nutritionist, you were actually working for someone else? Yes. Yeah. I was working for a pharmacy group. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's just, that's a big 
aha moment for our listeners because you were an actually you're an because people become nutritionists they work for themselves predominantly but you were yeah. someone else putting yourself out there with your own writing and then being able to being approached to write um <laughs> being approached to yeah. write and so then that's how zaika started so now four years now zaika's been on the market you're you recommend that for women to eat or to take, not eat, to take three months prior to <laughs> at least at least three months prior. I actually recommend, I know it sounds silly, but I recommend people, you know, if they're thinking about it in the next couple of years, take it alongside the pill. Because that is one of the biggest things that I see is the pill the pill depletes the body of important prenatal nutrients, unfortunately, like your folates and, and your B12s and your B6s. So what I often find happen is people then go off the pill, they mm -hmm. fall pregnant straight away, hormones are going crazy, and, and they will miscarry and because they don't have those nutrients to sustain the pregnancy. So I always recommend take alongside the pill if you can. Um, I mean, the pill I have other issues with because I often find women who have been, like just recently I have one come to me, 38 years old. She was put on the pill at 16 for hormonal issues and heavy periods. And so she's been on the pill because it's obviously treated her symptoms for, for you know, over 20 years. And unfortunately, now she's gone off the pill, all her symptoms are coming back because it was never treated properly originally. It was just masked. And I see that a lot happen with women who have been given a pill to regulate their hormones, but that's not helping their own body work better. And that's why I'm passionate about educating women in their 20s about their fertility health because they are taking the pill and thinking that they're super healthy and their hormones are great, but that's because something else is doing that job for them. So when they do go off the pill, I'm finding a long time to get their cycles back on track. And if you are going off the pill, as I you know, have some patients do at 38, and then you are trying to get your cycle back on track. And it, it, it unfortunately, I, I would love to see them starting earlier with, with getting their body working better. That's absolutely incredible. From 16, being on the pit, that's... It's reasonably common in, in women that I see. So, um, yeah, although the pills had, you know, great in a lot of ways and it's really opened a lot of doors for women, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it needs to be seen for what it is. It's not fixing any problem. Um, if you're just using it for contraception, um, mm -hmm. then perhaps it's all right. But if you're using it to treat a hormonal problem, then that's not a treatment. It's a, um, yeah, it's a Band-Aid, which if you pull that Band-Aid off, it all comes flooding back again. Okay. So I, I'm not a naturopath, I'm a nutritionist, but I've always found, I've always seen when people, the pill itself, I've always viewed it as something that could be a real barrier to getting pregnant simply because it does create havoc. Would you, I mean, would you agree, even if it's just for con contraception purposes, say you've been taking it for however long you have, years, but even when you get off it, even if it was just for contraception, it does create instability in the body. Absolutely. And again, everyone's all hormonally different. Some people find, look, the very next month they're ovulating again and their cycle's back on track. But for a lot of women, it can take eight to 12 months for even to get a period back properly again, because they've had this synthetic hormone doing the job for them that the body doesn't know what to do. So you take that out and it can take a long time for them to get back on track. And that can be super frustrating. If you're, you know, in your thirties and you've gone off the pregnant pill to have a baby and you haven't had a period for, for months on end because your body doesn't know how to have one anymore, then that can be super frustrating. And that, you know, I work with a lot of women with 
a lot of supportive herbs and things like that, which are great to help to stimulate that and get their, their cycles back on track. Um, but yeah, that can be super frustrating. So if I yeah, let people know about this earlier and how they can support their fertility health through their 20s, which is often the time where we're doing everything wrong for our fertility health because we really don't care. Anyway, we really want to not get pregnant. Again, the message is so strong not to get pregnant. We're drinking, perhaps smoking, you know, eating badly, going to uni, eating yeah. junk food. But if there was more education about what that was doing to fertility health, I think women may think twice. Well, you should go and speak at universities. Yeah, I w that is my next, as soon as I talk to people, like, that is my next mission. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of um, work with IVF nurses. Um, I'm talking that Facility Society of Australia um, IVF nursing workshop and upcoming at the Melbourne Convention Centre soon, which I'm really looking forward to because I find they are the best people to disseminate the information to people who really, really need it right now, who are really struggling and, and are asking their, their nurses for advice. But yeah, the, the, the next step I would love to do is educate universities, each educate women in their 20s. Mm. about what about their fertility health because they are they have no idea you know the damage that they're potentially doing and i'm sure they would make changes if they would, did would you be open tasha and i don't know how how okay this would be in the industry to go and speak to gps the ones who actually prescribe the drugs like is i do i do deal with gps i deal with a lot of gps and ivf specialists um I, I get mixed reactions from, I have some, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm married to a doctor, I'm married to a cardiologist. So I'm, I'm very open to working with doctors and working with um, IVF specialists. And yeah, some GPs are fantastic and understand what's going on. Others, you know, I, I've t been told by one specialist that if it, this was an IVF specialist, that if fertility had anything to do with diet, then half the population of sunshine would be infertile, which is obviously, yeah, where they... In his perception, ate a lot of junk food, and I thought, well, that's how do I change that mindset? Yeah. If they think that you know what we fuel our body with has nothing to do with how healthy we are, I mean, I don't understand that analogy because I think I wouldn't put water in my car and expect it to run well. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put bad oil in it and, and expect it to to fire, but okay. But for some reason, we seem to put bad fuel into our body constantly and wonder why am I having trouble falling pregnant? Why am I feeling tired? Like this is, what, why would I be doing that? There must be something wrong with me. When you look at their diet, we think, well, where is the nutrients? Our body needs nutrients for the, the basic, you know, biology Krebs cycle of energy. We, we need to create energy somewhere. We need that nutrition to create that energy. So if you're not supplying that and plus you're bogging it down with toxins and, and alcohols and, and, you know, other things that our body, our liver needs to process, our body needs to process and you're not giving it back the nutrition, then of course your system's going to feel run down. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Well said. So if anyone look, was looking to follow in your footsteps, Tasha, in terms of they have been researching they've got an idea for a product that they want to put into the market in terms of appeal or whatever have you what are the steps that someone should be aware of to be able to take their concept of helping someone through a tablet creating that and taking it to market well, which I think one of the biggest lessons I learned in when I was researching is don't be afraid to contact the big, big people who, who you think, you know, I, I would really love the information. I'm really interested in what they're doing, but they wouldn't be interested in me. Why, why would they, you know, want to contact me? The relationship that I've established with people who I've thought, well, I probably even got a bit of response and yet they've been really wrapped to talk to me about it. So reach out to people who are higher up, who you are, I want to learn from them. I want to, and you'd be surprised at the, re the response you get. I mean, certainly there are other people who don't answer their email and that, that's fine as well. Mm -hmm. But ask the 
the questions and don't be afraid to reach out to people and go, hey, I love what she's doing. I, I want to know more and, and contact those people. So I found that a great step um, yeah. for myself and get the help and support around that. Okay. So when you were actually going to create the actual pill, how did you uh, employ a chemist? Did you go, how did that process work? Yeah. I mean, I, I was I mean, obviously a naturopath. I knew a lot of the um, naturopathic companies, but I basically went around and interviewed a lot of them and go, okay, who does, I mean, Google's fantastic for actually creating a business, you know? Um, so I jumped on there and, and, you know, worked out where were the manufacturers, where are they based, um, what the reviews are, what they do, you know, and, and spoke to a lot of them about what they could offer. And there's a lot of different structures in, you know, we do this and we pack it and we ship it and you label it. And no, this one, we do the label for you. This one, you know, we, we house it for you. Other ones we don't there's there's so many different variables so find out what works for you and contact as many as you can and and do your homework and do do your interviews and find out which one best suits what you need um so i was looking for i guess quality and then also being a slight control freak wanted somewhere i could visit and see what what's going on so i went for one obviously very locally um (laughs) i love that i love that did you did you have any problems with um did you need to patent Zaifa? Did you have to make sure that nobody was going to take this idea and bottle it as their own? Yep, there's trademarking, which you can also online. Actually, if you wanted to, to purchase a trademark, um, that's actually pretty easy to do through the Australian government website now. Um, you- and so I, yes, yeah, so I did go through that process um, and did that. So trademark there and also just, it's actually expanding to China um, at the moment. So in the process of trademarking it um, over there, which I have got people over there to be doing on my behalf. I'm not trying to go into that minefield myself. Uh, but you can do a lot of this through the government websites. There's a lot of, get the resources through ASIC, through the Australian government. There's a lot of um, advice and support around trademarking and, and getting your idea off the ground. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't actually ask as enough of that support initially. I've, I've been finding it as I go along and think, wow, that would have been great. So I'm always sending back to people, get the free resources. You know, there's a lot of encouragement. Um, from these government bodies to create your own your own business so to make the most of those and and trademarking definitely um there's a lot you can do yeah through their website right. so, you did, so you did your research you approached the experts you created a formula for the tablet you approached manufacturers uh you got a trademarked and so once now the bottle is finally in your hands how exciting that would have been that moment oh yeah absolutely that's like another baby <laughs> yes Yes, another baby. <laughs> so how did you know get it to my... Sorry, go on. That was my first baby. <laughs> oh, yes. So how did you get it to market? Look, that's been... I think I've, I've learned a lot of lessons in, in that respect. I went through some broken companies um, who unfortunately, um, one of them went bust on me. Um, so I've had, I've had a few hiccups in, in that getting to market process. And that's hence why I really started trying to take control of the process myself and now going through Conceive Baby and actually marketing it indirectly through there and writing for myself. So I guess I went, again, I thought, well, all these people know better than me. They'll, I'll just, you know, get them to do it. And, and unfortunately, I went against my gut instinct a lot of times and I'm, I'm big on that. Anyone creating their own business, regardless of what anyone's telling you, does it sit right with you? You know, I, I love getting information and I advice from anyone, but I always say put it through your own filter. 
Mm. Put a three-round filter in. Does it sit with you? Because if it doesn't, don't be convinced just because you think they know better, which I was, and I'm sure a lot of people are naive to think, well, they, they know what they're doing more than me. That, and and you, your gut's going, oh, it doesn't feel quite right. So I guess I, I made a lot of mistakes, I'll admit, in, the, in those in, in early days. Um, so now I have taken a lot of control over it myself. So I sell it through the website. I sell it through uh, big fertility clinics. I do the IVF nurse trainings. So I sell it through people where I know they love the product. I know, you know, I sell it through education, really. I yeah. talk about, you know, all of the things that, you know, and, and more that we've spoken about today and people going, wow, that's, that's great. Where can I buy? So I, I love it doing it through education more than, you know, big ads that these people wanted or, you know, be in a catalog and, you know, pay all this money to be in, yeah, be on page 17 of some pharmacy catalog. I've realized that's not where I want to position my brand either. So yeah. yeah, I've learned a lot about what I want for the company and what I want for my business, which is not necessarily, I've taken on a business coach recently. And one of those th things I said straight up front was these, these channels might be lucrative, but I'm not going to them. So just upfront, I want you to know that that's, I'm not, that's not what my company's about. I really want to help people. I want to reach people. Uh, I don't want this to be in a bargain bin, you know. Yeah. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. So that's really interesting. Now, because you've been able to do all of this, like before we go on to the, my next question, where, if someone's listening right now, where can they find Zayika? How can they learn more about it? Yeah, well, probably the, the best place to find about everything that I have available is tashajennings.com or tashajennings.com.au is where I have all my brands. I guess that you can go to the Zycia website from there, which is zycia.com.au or you can purchase through that website as well. I've got my fertility for you program on there. And also you can register your interest for my Your Fertile Pantry program, which is coming up in spring this year. And I've also got a free e-course that people can do, which is five days to improve fertility. So they can log on and, you know, get some, again, I, I love giving stuff away for free. I just love helping people. So that's a free course that people can jump on and I guess get some of this advice over these five days of, of the, the top things that they can do to improve their fertility health right now. What was the fertility pantry? Your fertile pantry, it's oh, called. Oh, what, what is that? Yeah, that's that's the course I'm in the process of writing at the moment. It's going to be available in spring um, this year. And I really go through, because that's the, the, you know, I speak with a lot of experts all over the world. And the number one thing that most of them come back to and be really surprised about, I've spoken with, you know, professors and researchers and everyone is now turning back to, okay, what are we fueling our body with? I was really, I, I spoke with um, a professor from Adelaide recently who um, studies the immune system in reproduction, which is a fascinating field and how our immune system, it needs to be, I guess, functioning well and to be able to tolerate a follower in DNA and actually accept foreign DNA. And what they're finding is, is there's actually some issues with some people's immune system, which actually attacks the foreign DNA, which is, I guess, a natural reaction of the immune system. So these people were prone to recurrent miscarriage and a lot of those sort of factors. And the number one thing this professor was coming back to is, what are you fueling your body with? What's going inside your body? Not just the food we're eating, but what are you putting on your skin? What are you packaging your food in? Any plastics and things like that. So a, a lot of the, the research now, even from the medical profession, is really coming back to 
fertile fuel. What are you fueling your body with fertility? So this is, I just kept hearing it over and over again. So I'm like, right, I'm going to write your fertile pantry so that I can educate people on creating a fertile pantry. And, you know, this is not just for, obviously, you know, it's majorly for fertility, but if this is for a fertile life. It's for vitality and energy. It's really something that, you know, is, is for our longevity as well. So, yeah, I became... Males and females? Absolutely. Um, female's responsibility to eat clean, to put on the right stuff on her body. You know, it's the male just as much. Absolutely. The male is just as much involved. Um, the good thing about men is that's all, often women will come with me with, their, you know, poor sperm results. I'm like, they're generally an easy fix. I know that sounds bad, but they generally, it's pretty easy to fix men's health. You, you clean up their diet, you get them on some good supplements, you can see a turnaround in sperm health relatively quickly. Women... We're a lot more complex, so it takes a lot more work. <laughs> definitely both partners. You know, the studies show that it isn't around 50-50, although women think, oh, no, it's mainly the women's fault. You know, most studies will show it's around 50-50 of who's, I guess, responsible, if you want to call it. And I generally find it's both parties to some degree. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you. Now, because you're a busy mum, you are an entrepreneur, you are a business owner, you speak, you write, you create programs. Where are you fitting your time in? Like how, do you, how are you structuring your day, your time to be able to fit all these projects in? Uh, on a good day, I do really well. On a bad day, it's a juggle. Um, I love Google Calendar and Google Workload Calendar. If no one's got onto that, I, I love being able to, to structure my day around that. And I, I definitely have everything organized uh, because my daughter's, my youngest, my daughter's only three. So I have kinder three days a week and the other days I'm mum so I, I do very much structure my days I do work a lot after hours and my husband works long hours and travels a lot so a lot of my my work is often done after the kids are in bed so but I love the opportunity to be able to do that and for me I guess working doesn't feel like work Okay. It's it's a passion. I and I, I you know I love that saying. What was it? If you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that I guess that's how I feel because you know writing an article, um, doing my my webinars and things. That's not not a chore for me. I really enjoy to do it. So yeah, I, I work a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I work around the kids. I love working around the kids because. They know I work, obviously, but they wouldn't know to the degree I work because I'm totally mum when I'm with them. We do. We go on adventures. We go hiking. We go out. We're going up to country place this weekend. We'll be out lighting fires. So I'm, I'm very much a hands-on, you know, totally mum when I'm with them. Yeah. But I'm also able to work the flexible hours that suits that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Tasha, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate your transparency in that journey and how it started and where it is now and just taking us behind the scenes of what it's like in the world of conceiving. My God, it's incredible. Thank you. Oh, it's fascinating. I think and congratulations on your podcast. I love your podcast, by the way. I love what it's doing and empowering people to take a similar journey because I think it's so important. Again, I, I love life. We only live once. You've got to take these passions and grow with them. And, and I think you're really enabling people to do that. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tasha. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you on the very next episode. Okay, before you turn off the podcast, uh, after the interview, I was speaking to Tasha and we were just having a conversation and a, a question came to me and that was, how does she look, if you look at her pictures, Ch Tasha Jennings, while she was pregnant, she looks absolutely amazing. Uh, like in her words, she said that she had a bump 
uh, and that's all it was. No, she wasn't overweight. She wasn't suffering from any exhaustion or, you know, she looked just absolutely glowing. And I wanted to know how she did that as a naturopath, as a nutritionist, as someone who's created this prenatal supplement. What did she do to be able to maintain such optimum health during pregnancy? And here's her answer. I just wanted to ask you this question, Tasha. It's just come to me. When I've seen your pictures being pregnant, like when I've, when I've researched you, looked at your work, I saw beautiful pictures of you and you were glowing as a woman that's pregnant. You weren't overweight. You weren't kind of bent. I mean, yes, you were posing for a picture, but you didn't look exhausted or overweight. Is there a secret to just maintaining your health while you're pregnant? Absolutely. And I've said I had the best pregnancies. I, I just had, had a bump there and then, and then the babies popped out and I had very little recovery. I had amazing labors. My, my kids shot out. They actually came too quickly. <laughs> my obstetrician missed the first one. Um, but there absolutely is a lot you can do to support your pregnancy health, uh, to support a healthy weight. Um, during pregnancy and, you know, really helping with the insulin balance and things like that is, yeah, definitely a lot you can do to support a healthy pregnancy whilst you're nourishing your baby. So what are some examples that you could share that a woman should be looking out for to maintain just her health and not fall, you know, become too big? I guess exercise is a big thing. Don't be afraid to exercise. I mean, definitely don't run a marathon, though I haven't seen some people do that. But keep the activity level as to where you were before and you can increase it a little bit. Um, So I did a lot of yoga, Pilates. I I was used to doing pump and spin and I moved to yoga and Pilates. So just a different form of of less weight-bearing activity. And incorporating a lot in your diet of things like essential fatty acids. I think a lot of women are anti-fats these days and, oh, fat's the enemy, fat'll make me fat. Good fats. Uh, being eaten up by your cells. They make your skin glow. They're creating cells. They need it in every cell in our body to make cell walls. So you need a lot. So a lot of um, salmons and, and fishes and essential fatty acids, nuts and seeds. You know, I get people told, oh, you know, nuts are fatty. They're so high calorie. I eat a huge amount of nuts because they're actually, that, that sort of fat is actually used by the body. It's the saturated fat that you don't want to be consuming. So incorporating a lot of essential fatty acids in your diet when you are, are pregnant as well. Eating small regular meals is a big help because it helps to curb those cravings, which inevitably come. I wasn't, you know, perfect. I did have Tim Tams in the cupboard there. Um, <laughs> it was funny. My, my husband came home one day and opened the cupboard and think, he said, if I didn't see you living here, I wouldn't think you lived here because I think I had a shelf of Tim Tams because I just needed them when I needed them. <laughs> and I never had Tim Tams prior to this. I totally get cravings, but I know how to control those. Um, And it's working with balancing your blood sugar levels from day dot, from the day you conceive, helps prevent gestational diabetes, helps with your weight, you know, um, control, and really helps control cravings. So working with that and still giving yourself the treat every now and again, um, yeah, is a great way to, to get through a healthy pregnancy. And I was very blessed with two wonderful pregnancies. So I love helping women. I do see women. I've actually just seen one. She's actually due oh, a couple of weeks from now. Um, I've been seeing her through a high-risk pregnancy and she's been doing so well, but she was reasonably high-risk when she conceived. And I've seen her, you know, I often see through people just with fertility, but there's some I see through the whole pregnancy journey, which is just amazing as well. Would you recommend things like um, having doulas or anything like that during pregnancy? I would. I didn't personally, uh, but I, I would absolutely. Um, I think that's a great, great support. 
Um, I did a lot of work, I guess, in um, the mindset. And again, I talk a lot about mindset, but that was a big thing during labor and, and is having a, a mindset around how you are coping with, with the labor. And I think that's why I, I was probably, you know, went to hospital too late because I was very able to control the pain through my, my mind. And so by the time they said, oh, it has to be in a real lot of pain by the, before you go to hospital. Mm. And so by the time I considered, yeah, it's pretty painful. My waters are broken. The baby was pretty much coming. And they went, get in here now. <laughs> like, what do you say? It had to be painful. <laughs> oh, I was basically almost having him. I was like, went up the lift and the yeah, obstetrician came in and he was already, already out. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I used a TENS machine as well. I found a TENS machine again it gave me a sense of control and that's something that just sticks on your back and it buzzes and that gave me such a sense of control every time a contraction happened I, I press this button and it buzzes on your back and it just gave me a sense of control and I was able to focus and the biggest thing my husband did for me is to get the the, the midwives away from me because I'm like how are you doing you're doing so well would you like this I'm just just get me get away from me I'm in my zone don't don't distract me and the only thing I freaked out was when my TENS machine came, became disconnected. Oh. And I pressed my little buzzer and it wasn't working. I'm like, get this thing working again. <laughs> so finally, they got, they got this, that thing connected. I think everyone's running around all over the place getting my little machine connected. But, oh, my God. That's hilarious. What's the machine called? It's called a TENS machine. TENS machine. Never heard of that. I hadn't before I went conceive, and look, I, I don't know if uh, any other pain relief would, would be beneficial for, but I loved it for labour because I didn't have any drugs. They you know, they tried the mask for a little bit, but it makes me feel I, again. I'm a control freak. I wanted to be in control. I didn't want to not be able to push. I did not want to be able to have that feeling and control what was happening for my baby. So I found the TENS machine gave me that sense of control. And it's quite amazing when I first got the machine and popped it on my back and was testing it at home and I put it on the highest level. I'm like, wow, that's painful. But while you're in labor, I had that thing buzzing it, you know, it did <laughs> as high as it could possibly go. Um, well, what I'm hearing, Tasha, is just getting you, just get you on board when you conceive, man. Just so you can just tell me what to do, and I just have to just go with the flow. Like, I mean, that's so much, like, so many flying up particles. Oh, and I think people feel so out of control. So I love being able to give that back to um, people. I'm actually going to a friend's birth. She's due on the 17th of August. So she's actually asked me to go along. Um, so that's the first time I'm actually going to be along to someone else's. So that'll be really exciting to be there for her and, and to, to give her that support. So I love supporting people the whole way through. There's so much people can do to empower themselves. And unfortunately, that's a time fertility conception is when we give away control. We give it to our IVF specialist. We give it to our fertility specialist. We give it to our obstetrician. But I always say to women, look, I work with some amazing specialists who are so passionate about what they're doing, but nobody cares more about your fertility health and your fertility outcomes than you. Mm. So make sure that regardless of what is being told to you, again, the same with business advice, that it sits well with you. And, and you've really educated yourself and you feel comfortable in what you're doing. Handing it over to someone else is, is, a, is a dangerous task. Like, again, I work with a lot of great specialists, but there's also, you know, there's some not great naturopaths and not great specialists out there in every industry. Yeah. So make sure you are educated yourself in getting the right information because too often I've seen people go through different, um, you know, specialists or different doctors. And then by the time they see me, they're, you know, 38. And then I think, well, there's some things we could tweak here, but we're getting towards the end. And if I had a 
had you earlier, we could have done so much more. So just make sure that you feel comfortable and you educate yourself on your fertility health because yeah, no one cares more about it than, than you do. Love it.